Well, good morning. Well, welcome to the, uh, the the smaller version. I heard first service was was uh, was small as well, but that is not a surprise to me, and I will tell you why. Was anyone here at the first service? Oh, you guys. Were, okay, a few of you were at the first service. Because one of the things Brandon and I've been praying about this week is we realized this week we were we were dovete- dovetailing once again. But this week we were going to be addressing the issue of evangelism and part of uh, our adult education and equipping as well as the preaching. And we realize that uh, we do face a, a, an evil one that we will mention in our prayer and that there is opposition when the gospel is to go forth. So we are not surprised at that. But we are gonna, we're going to be praying about the kingdom of God today. And I'd like for us to, to begin like we have been. I uh, hope everybody has their, their handout. We're going to begin by reading through the Lord's Prayer, as you have before you. And just a reminder that each week we are, we're substituting one of the familiar phrases with a, a summary phrase from the, the week prior. So it will be helpful for you to actually read it, because the first two lines will be slightly different. And as we go through, we're adding to that and helping to hear us hear afresh Uh, the words that our Lord taught us to pray. So, please join me in the Lord's Prayer uh, as printed on your handout. Our loving Daddy, present Lord, make Yourself known. Your kingdom come, Your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And now if a few of you could lead out, lead the rest of us in just praying those simple words of the disciples, Lord, teach us to pray. And I'll close us in just a moment. Lord, teach us to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it is the Lord teaching us to pray as we go through this each week. Let's find our bearings first before we continue moving forward. If you remember, if you were here the first week, we had a brief introduction to the Lord's Prayer, uh, looking at it not only as a a form prayer uh, that we're currently praying even in in our own worship services, but also as a pattern for prayer, uh, directing our prayers on a daily basis. And then in that first week as well, we considered the question, why should we pray? Then we moved into uh, to the second week and considered the one to whom we pray, our Father in heaven, our loving Daddy, present Lord. Well, now we are in the midst of the petitions of the Lord's Prayer, the requests, 
And as we're walking through these, we're answering that question, for what should we pray? The Lord teaches us to pray. For what should we pray? And he says, pray along these lines. And within these six petitions, we begin to see more clearly some of the kingdom priorities that are at the very heart of God and his mission. And we're going to wrap this, uh, that part up, wrap up the petitions on Palm Sunday. And I'll remind you, though, that on Easter Sunday, if you are in town, we're going to have kind of the, the bonus week here, a bit of a uh, next steps, where do we go from here, what does praying the kingdom priorities look like, and <clears throat> excuse me, we are talking about that every week, but, but having a bit more of a discussion, what does it look like in our daily lives? What does it look like in, in the life of our, in my home, my friendships, small groups, church committee meetings, and that, <clears throat> excuse me, and that type of thing. So last week we were in the first petition, hallowed be your name, or make yourself known. This week, the second petition, your kingdom come. But before we get into the petition this week, I would love to hear from a few of you. Uh, just <clears throat> hear some sound bites. I wish we had time for, for longer stories, but I do encourage you to tell those stories to one another. But we'll just take about five minutes, and I'd love to hear some sound bites of how has the Lord uh, challenged or encouraged you in your prayer life over the last week or two or three? So anyone want to share a little bit? Yeah, hearing the answered prayers. Yeah, Kathy was talking about last week during the sermon, hearing about how the gospel had really pierced the heart of someone. And to have begun to recognize these are the kind of things we're praying for and how important it is to, to share those, those stories because they, they really encourage us to say God is at work. Yeah, so the Lord laying a particular person on your heart. And that's always encouraging to me when I realize that must mean that God's doing something in that person's life. Yeah. Oh, good, good. 
Hmm. Oh, good. Yeah, Holly was, was talking about the, uh, this handout that you've been getting the last couple of weeks and how it would have been helpful. I didn't pay her to say that, but thank you for saying it. Uh, because I really do hope that it will be helpful helping you think outside or pray outside the box that maybe uh, you've typically been praying in. So, yeah, good. That's encouraging. Anyone else? So neat. That's great. That's great. Yeah, just how we're, you know, the Lord's Prayer doesn't jump right into the petitions, but the radical part of praying to a father and realizing he delights in us rather than just puts up with us. But that's a paradigm shift that is a journey for us to continue to work through as the gospel works in our lives. And we realize, I think maybe I'd mentioned that week uh, and shared, shared with, with Libby when we were talking at the, uh, at the hospital this week. Psalm 18, 19, he rescued me because he delights in me. That's a pretty profound statement and very encouraging statement. So thank you. Anyone else? All right then. Well, with that, let's, uh, let's get into this second petition. Or actually, I do want to say one more thing about it. I, I was thinking about this last week. And I've, I've written this on your, your handout here, just a brief statement about applying the gospel through prayer. <clears throat> and this, this whole idea that prayer is the most basic, most foundational, most essential application of the gospel, beginning with our Father. And then seeing the gospel applied in our own lives, and as it's applied in our lives, then it overflows into the lives of other people. And I was thinking about it this week, you know, every Sunday, Brandon or I preach, or at least we try to preach, a Christ-centered, grace-filled sermon. But it, it, it strikes me that we're also preaching every week about something that you cannot do. That we cannot do. That God, and God only can do, and then He, he invites us to ask Him to do it. And we, we talked briefly a couple weeks ago about how, about how we often don't have because we don't ask. We can hear the gospel and we can say, wow, I'd love to see that work out in my life. And our Heavenly Father is inviting and saying, ask me to work it out in your life. Ask me to work it through your life into the life of someone else. And so application of the gospel, transformation by the gospel is rooted in in this fellowship with God, rooted in prayer. 
And so again, prayer is the most basic, most foundational, most essential application of the gospel. Okay, now we'll get into this, uh, this second petition of the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Well, it has been said, and rightly so, that this petition should come with a warning label on it. We are inviting an explosion. We are inviting an invasion when we pray this. And usually we think of an invasion as a, as a hostile takeover in a negative sense. And this is an invasion, uh, but it is a, a positive and renewing, but still explosive invasion into our lives, into our world. And I really like uh, this quote. Some of you have probably heard it before. From Annie Dillard. And she writes this, reminding us of how flippantly we sometimes pray uh, prayers such as this petition. She writes, Does anyone have the foggiest idea what sort of power we so blithely invoke? Or, as I suspect, does no one believe a word of it? We as churches are like children playing on the floor with their chemistry sets, mixing up a batch of TNT to kill a Sunday morning. It is madness to wear ladies' straw hats and velvet hats to church. We should all be wearing crash helmets. Ushers should issue life preservers and signal flares. They should lash us to our pews. Your kingdom come. For what are we praying? Well, I love the way that the Westminster Shorter Catechism answers this question. For what are we praying in the second petition? And you've got it in front of you. In the second request, your kingdom come, we pray that Satan's kingdom would be destroyed. That the kingdom of grace would be advanced with ourselves and others brought into and kept in it. And that the kingdom of glory would come quickly. Let me read that again. In the second request, your kingdom come, we pray that Satan's kingdom would be destroyed, that the kingdom of grace would be advanced with ourselves and others brought into and kept in it, and that the kingdom of glory would come quickly. Well, as I've alluded to already, this is the evangelism priority. Uh, A couple weeks ago, we looked at the gospel priority. Last week, the worship priority. Next week, we'll, we'll venture into the mercy priority. But this week, the evangelism priority. A proclamation of the good news, of the kingdom of God. Your kingdom come. So, a few brief words about the kingdom of God. And I tell you, it's tough to say just a few brief words. I mean, there are books about the kingdom of God. So, I'm only going to touch the surface. But here's, here's a brief sketch of a few, few things to think about. Well, the kingdom of God is defined most simply as God's reign and rule. I think probably many of you have heard that before. Because you see, Jesus' coming inaugurated the kingdom of God on earth. His death and resurrection putting the exclamation point, if you will, the exclamation point on the establishment of His kingdom on earth. However, we await the fullness of God's kingdom when He comes again in all His power and glory at the end of history as we know it. 
Because in Christ's person and work, the kingdom has come. And through His His promised return ensures that the kingdom is coming. It has come. It also continues to break into our lives and into our world. And so the day in which we live, the, the, the present day, is often described by theologians as the already, not yet. Has anyone heard that phrase before, living in the already, not yet? A few of you? Okay. Good, I was glad to see Brandon has since he went to seminary. Um, the, alre- the already, not yet. This present age is marked by tension. I probably don't have to convince you of that. I'm sure there's tension in your own lives. Things that we are yearning for, things that we have, things that we, we know we need more fully. And this is a bit like a pregnant woman who already has a child, a child growing within her, but also anticipates the fullness of the child to come. Already, not yet. Already a mother, already a mother with child, waiting the fu- anticipating the fullness of that. Romans 8 speaks to this. That the whole creation is groaning groaning as in the pains of childbirth. Something is breaking in in fullness, and it's the kingdom of God. You see, King Jesus came and established His kingdom on earth. He defeated Satan, the ruler of the kingdom of darkness. And the king then returned to his throne, sitting at the right hand of the Father, and sent His Spirit to extend His kingdom by guiding and equipping his followers, and by drawing others into his kingdom, bringing more subjects into the kingdom of grace. And if you're familiar with the Lord of the Rings trilogy, if you aren't, please get familiar. It's fantastic. Return of the King. The final installment. Return of the King. The King is returning. And just as he defeated Satan... He will destroy Satan and usher in the fullness of the kingdom of glory. And so we pray, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come in fullness on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. And I like this quote by uh, J.I. Packer. He says, the task of the church is to make the invisible kingdom... Sorry, you don't have this quote in front of you, but you do have a couple that I'm about to refer to. Uh, uh, Packer again says, the task of the church is to make the invisible kingdom visible through faithful Christian living and witness bearing. Faithful Christian living as we submit to the King and walk by the Spirit. Christian living makes the Gospel visible and tangible. And we're going to talk about that next week. The mercy priority. Deed ministry. But also the task of the church making the invisible kingdom visible through proclamation of the Gospel. Witness bearing as we, with our Lord, call others to submit to Him and to enter the life-changing reality of the Gospel. So witness bearing, making the gospel audible. Word ministry. 
also known as evangelism. Now, a couple more quotes that you do have. Praying your kingdom come. To pray that His kingdom would come is to pray both that it may grow as through the church's witness people submit to Jesus and that soon it will be consummated when Jesus returns in glory to take His power and reign. It is to pray for the extension of His reign in the lives of those who are at present rebels against His love. It is a prayer for the spread of the Gospel. And so a word about prayer and evangelism. And you can turn to the back of your, your hand out there. The E word. Evangelism. And I realize that this can be a scary word. And it is especially most intimidating when we misunderstand evangelism and think that it is about us convincing others about God. Because that is a lot of weight to carry. But it's not as intimidating when we realize that it is about God doing His work through us. It is about God convincing other people and using us in that. It's when we have the opportunity to participate in God's work with Him. It's doing it with Dad. Not doing it for Dad, but doing it with Dad. And you know, things are just so much better when we do it with Dad. And so as a church, we continue to learn to follow the leader. To follow King Jesus by His Spirit. To follow Him where He takes us. Into the lives of, of, of those, those people that He's working in and giving us opportunity to be a part of that work. And I was particularly excited... Uh, this week, I think many of you know that we're involved in officer training here at the church. You nominated elders and deacons, uh, men to serve in those roles back in December and a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Brandon and I launched into this process of officer training with seven men. In this past week, it was just amazing to sit there and to watch Jesus lead and to see that we were learning to follow his lead. Because as the nine of us sat there in a circle, we began to share about particular men that the Lord had placed on our hearts, or was beginning to place on our hearts. Men that we were committing to pray for, and to pray that the Lord would give us opportunity to share the gospel. And some of us were even at the place of saying, you know, I really just know this one non-believer right now, but I'd like to know more. Let's pray about that, that the Lord would, would open my eyes and lead me to folks that need to hear the gospel. Now, I tell you that, but I need, to, I need to make a clarification here as well. It's easy to go, well, yeah, that's because we've nominated them to be officers, and they're all gifted and confident evangelists. No. We are not all gifted, confident, competent evangelists. And if you'd been sitting in that room, that would have been clear to you quite quickly. We shared some of our fears and trepidation and that this was you know, really pushing us out in faith, but also the excitement and the anticipation that God is at work and we're going to get to do it with Dad. And so we have committed to this because we want to know more of the heart of Jesus. 
We want to follow the leader where he is leading. And so we are asking God to do what only God can do. And we're asking him to do it in us and through us. Well, evangelism begins, continues, and ends in prayer. Uh, Last week, if you were here during the service, Kathy gave a ministry moment uh, at both services. And she referred to a phrase in Luke 10. And boy, the Lord just used it to grab my attention. Jesus saying to his disciples, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest fields. So our Heavenly Father, our loving Daddy, present Lord, is also Lord of the harvest. And I was sitting there thinking, am I praying? Lord of the harvest, send laborers and let me be one of those laborers. Send laborers into your harvest fields where you are at work. And if we had time to get into that passage today, we would see that what is happening, what is unfolding here is Jesus is saying, pray to the Lord of the harvest and then go with Him into His harvest fields. Go with Him, not for Him, but with Him into His harvest fields. Then gather with Him, not for Him, but with Him through demonstration and proclamation of the kingdom of God. Your kingdom come. A call to prayer and evangelism. Praying to the Lord of the harvest and going with Him by faith into the harvest fields. Now, this is not an evangelism seminar, so I had to restrain myself from making it that. We are, we, we are talking about, we're still prayer, so we're focusing on that. But I couldn't not put down on paper some thoughts on personal and purposeful evangelism. And so you've got a, a list there of uh, seven, trying to stay with that good biblical number of seven. Uh, but I encourage you to, to take this home, to read through that, to pray through that, and to look at what personal and purposeful evangelism Prayer and evangelism together, what it might look like in your life, in the life of your home, in the life of your small group, in the life of Christ's church. Well, what does it mean? Let's go back to that. What does it mean to pray this petition? Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Well, we pray with the Apostle John. Revelation 22, come Lord Jesus. Return, you King Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. And we are praying the kingdom in its fullness into our present age. We are also praying the kingdom to to break into the lives of those around us as well as our own life. Come Lord Jesus. Bring others into your kingdom. And again, we are praying for God to do what only God to do, that He would do it in us and through us. And so I've given you another uh, excerpt there just from as I journaled this week and was thinking through and praying through this petition. Our loving Daddy, present Lord, King of heaven and earth, Lord of the harvest, please impose your kingdom rule over all. 
rule without rival in my life, in the lives of my brothers and sisters, in our church, your church. Rule without rival, not only in our lives, but also in the lives of those around us. Through us, make your invisible kingdom known. Rule without rival on earth as it is in heaven. And so, uh, taking my cue from Daryl Johnson, we can summarize this phrase, this petition. Rule without rival. Well, that leads us to our time of prayer. It's 10 o'clock, and so I do want to, uh, to remember that you can't really have a, a prayer course and not pray, can you? So uh, I want to also continue to encourage you, just as, as Holly had pointed out earlier, how she had been using this particular handout. It's got some, some bullet points on the front, and then kind of walks you through the Lord's Prayer, building on each petition week to week. I encourage you to continue to, to think about a prayer list like this, a prayer journal. Uh, one of the things that, that I appreciate, uh, Charles and Ella Hall, if you want to pray for missionaries, they'll hand you a stack of papers that's stapled together. Now, it's very practical, not real pretty, no offense, but it's so practical. And that's the point. They're not there to make this beautiful, elaborate thing. They're saying there is prayer, and we want to participate in God's redemptive work And so they have a list of all of our missionaries and other missionaries that they know of in specific prayer requests, and they staple that together, and they'll hand it out, and they'll pray for it with a group of people at their home uh, once a month. And then I know that they're also praying through that at other times during the week. And why do they write those things down? So that they can be focused, so that God can use that to lead them to pray for the things of his heart for these particular missionaries. So I thank you guys for handing me uh, that list as well. But I'm talking too much about prayer listing and prayer journaling and not about our time of prayer. So as we move into our our, our season of prayer, just a reminder, ground rules, suggestions. As usual, I want to encourage you, pray as you are, not as you aren't. Again, the, the magical prayer voice doesn't have to come upon you. You don't have to come up with the most elaborate phrases in the world to outdo or impress the next person. And I have to remind myself of this when praying in groups. This is about conversation, not presentation. This is a conversation with our Lord and joining with other people in that conversation. If and when you're praying aloud, pray briefly, often, and in concert with others. So if you're in a a, a group or two or three, let that prayer pass around. Pray as often as you want, but just you know, pray, pray briefly and you may possibly end up praying kind of along one particular uh, train of thought or prayer for a little while and then move to something else. So pray briefly, often, and in concert. And when you're not praying aloud, pray quietly in your heart alongside others. And I remind you, you do not have to pray out loud. There are plenty of times I'm in a prayer meeting and I I just don't feel like praying out loud. And sometimes I choose to focus on that and feel really guilty. And then I'm not even paying attention to what's being prayed. I'm just like, okay, wish I could pray out loud today. I just really don't feel like it. Man, I wish this would wrap up. And instead, those are the moments to say, Lord, let me pray this in my heart. 
And we get distracted and we say, Lord, bring me back to this. But we can pray alongside others leading us in prayer. So if you'll get into groups of two or three, and we'll take about ten minutes, I've got some bullet points there for you under season of prayer. You may pray simply the words, just as we open, Lord, teach us to pray. You may pray simply the words, our loving daddy, present Lord, rule without rival. You may simply use the phrase, your kingdom come. I would encourage you to pray to love and pursue those who do not yet know Jesus. Lord, give me a heart for that. I want to pursue people like you pursue people. Ask to see God's kingdom break in around you. Breaking into your neighborhood, maybe into your home. Breaking into your school or your workplace. Or even today, a couple people already have shared with me about particular non-believers that the Lord has laid on their heart. If there's a particular person, pray for that person. You've got somebody else or a couple other people to, to join you in that. And maybe pray, Lord, would you put someone on my heart? And then, again, I, I think, and it's my last bullet there, ask the Lord to be a part of leading others to know Jesus. Lord, would you give me that opportunity? So let's uh, go into a, a time of prayer, and I'll wrap us up in about ten minutes. Our loving Daddy, present Lord, King of heaven and earth, Lord of the harvest, we pray, we ask, please impose your kingdom rule over all. Your kingdom come. Rule without rival in our lives and the life of this church, the churches throughout this city, and the lives of the men and women who do not yet know you. Rule without rival and make your invisible kingdom known. Your church with you. Rule without rival on earth as it is in heaven. Come, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, I can encourage you to continue praying this week, praying according to uh, the season of prayer right there in front of you on your handout. Pray through those bullet points if those are helpful, or again, the, uh, the prayer list handout if that is helpful. And I encourage you to, to find times alone to pray, uh, alone with the Lord in prayer, but also times with other people. Uh, sometimes you may be in a conversation with a, a, another believer and you start talking about something that needs prayer instead of saying, well, why don't we pray about that sometime, or I'll pray about that for you. Take a moment. Stop there. Pray about it there. Pray on the phone. That's a great great way to do it. Pray on the phone as well. It may feel a little awkward, but you can bet I'm going to say lean into the awkwardness. So uh, go in peace and have a good day.